Hi guys, uh, you look good. Uh, you look really good. Uh, I think it's the, the weather. Um, people just smile. Uh, during winter, uh, preaching is quite depressing because um, everyone just hates life, or at least their face shows that they do. So I'm glad that you're here. You look great. Um, my name's Steve. I haven't met you. Uh, I'm a gospel community leader here at Anchor, uh, along with uh, Greg, Brian, Matt, Brad. Let's see how they go. Uh, and so I'm going to open up the Word of God uh, to us this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Uh, we're going to be in verse uh, 25. That's where we're going to be looking today, the parable of uh, the Good Samaritan. Uh, as you go there, um, I just want to lay on the table. Uh, this is what I want. Uh, my cards are just out, right? Like, it's not going to get to the end. You're going to go, oh, what? Like, where's he going? Where's he trying to do? No, no, it's all on the table uh, today. 31st of October. Anyone know what was so special about that day? It was about 10 days-ish ago. Not Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, it ha- Halloween happened, but there's another one. Uh, something else happened on the 31st of October. I like, I like the people just mumbled and said day at the end. That was great. Okay, it was Reformation Day. So Martin Luther in 1517 walked across uh, uh, the square in Wittenberg, nailed to the door of the local church a 95 thesis which sparked the Protestant Reformation. We would not be here today if that did not happen. It was a monumental event uh, in church history. Uh, and on his 95 thesis, I just want to read the first point. I'm just going to read the first point to all of you. Uh, Luther says this, When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, he willed the entire life of believers be one of repentance. Uh, so uh, what he meant by uh, that was this, that uh, throughout our life we declare Jesus as Lord. If you're a believer in here, uh, the conversion stories, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord, I surrendered my life to the Lord. We declare him as Lord and King of our life. And in that, in our surrendering to him, there are parts of our lives that we, we struggle to give to him. Uh, if we can just be honest, like uh, there are parts of my life that uh, I'm struggling with and, and I at times struggle to give over to him. But Luther's point says, no, 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 the, the life of a believer doesn't just start with your first time you repent. It's a constant, it's an ongoing thing. So there are things in our lives we don't want to give to God. And Luther's saying, no, 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 you, that's a constant thing. Uh, you have Philippians uh, 3 verse 8, uh, sorry, uh, 20. Uh, you've got uh, Paul saying, no, 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 we haven't reached maturity yet. We've got to keep going, keep repenting, keep dragging our junk, our, our secret sin, our addictions, all those things that plague us, rob us of joy in Christ. Drag them into the light. And as we drag them into the light, we're confronted with the gospel of Jesus. We're confronted with God and his love. We're confronted with God and his mercy for us, and in so doing, realize, hey, it's not, it's not about us, it's about Him. <laughs> it, he loves us, and that, that covers all my junk, and then the believer walks in a freedom not known before. Like, you know how we keep saying, like, we want to live a life uh, that's, uh, that people demand an explanation of? Like, you, you'll hear that a couple of times if you've been coming to anger for a while. Uh, a life that demands an explanation is not where we try and work for favor of something or someone or God. Everyone's doing that. Right? Like, I'm trying to impress you. People are trying to impress other people. People, Lord help them, are trying to impress God. No, no, that doesn't demand an explanation. What demands an explanation is all our junk comes to the surface and we go, hey, here's all my junk. But you know what? I, I'm not, I don't feel any shame because the God of the universe justifies me. I'm accepted by Him and Him alone. All my sin and addiction, that's taken care of. That's done. 
and we walk in a newness of light available nowhere else. So that's repentance. So that's what I want today. So when the call to, to go out uh, towards the back to get prayer, to, to bring things to the light, hey, I, I would love if we all just cleared out and we just had a prayer sesh. I would love, that's, that's kind of what I'm working for today. That's, that's where we're going. So uh, I hope in uh, you know, 35, 40, time, uh, 40 minutes time, that's not a surprise to anyone. Okay? Uh, I'm not a prophet, but I can, I can guarantee it's in your future because that's where we're going. Okay? Uh, so that's where we're headed. Um, because that just seems like an impossible task, I need the one uh, to help uh, by which nothing is impossible for, for God. So how about I pray as we uh, kick on with our time together? Yeah, Father, we, um, we thank you we can call you that, uh, our Father. Uh, we thank you that uh, you uh, love us, uh, that there is nothing we can bring to the service, we can bring to the light that you uh, have not completely covered with your grace and your mercy and your love. Uh, Father, we ask that today you would be at work in this place. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak uh, through me. Let these words not be my own, but rather let them be yours. Uh, we ask that you would speak to us today out of your word. And so, Father, as we um, come to our time together, uh, help us to be attentive. Let us not have uh, divided hearts, uh, thinking of things outside of this place. Let us be just here with you in your word, knowing that you are here with us too, Father. And so, Jesus, we uh, commit this time to you. We ask that you would get all the glory and we would get all the joy. That's for your precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys, uh, Luke 10, uh, verse 25, parable of the Good Samaritan. I'm just going to jump in the way I work. I kind of read a little bit, chat, read, chat, read, chat, and then uh, we uh, get on out of here. So um, here we go, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, put him being Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law and how do you read it? Okay, so that's the question. How do I get eternal life? Like, how do I get into heaven? How do I receive the blessing that is not eternity in condemnation, in God's wrath, in God's judgment? How do I get into life eternal with him? So that's the question the lawyer puts forward. And uh, the test part uh, of this passage is that he he wants to see, uh, is Jesus like, uh, is he a rebel? Like, is he going to uh, conform to the scriptures that he uh, declares he is representing? uh, Or is he going to go off in in some other crazy tangent? And I love Jesus' response because he he sees the test and he reverses it and he says, okay, so what what do the scriptures say? Uh, It doesn't go, what do you think? He goes, what does the word of God say? Uh, Matt preached a cracker of a sermon uh, saying that Jesus gets a lot of titles, a good teacher, uh, a a prophet, a a king. Uh, Jesus being a rebel is only valid because he does the thing that no one else does, which is completely obey the word of God. So sure, if you want to go, Jesus is a rebel, sure. He's doing everything that no one else can do, which is being completely obedient to God the Father. So anyway, he's not a rebel, uh, unless you mean in that sense. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, Verse 26. And he answered, the lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. All right. All right. So that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a combo, uh, that's a combo a commandment, right? So you have uh, the law of God, first five books of the Bible, 613 laws, 
uh, commandment saying, thou shall not do this, thou shall do this. And I'm so glad that uh, Jesus uh, says, okay, these, these two things that you said, correct. So I don't know if anyone's as thankful for that. Like, I, like everyone has that uh, Bible reading plan at the start of the year and then you get to Exodus 20 and the laws start coming in. You're like, I'm out one John. And you just like, you bail on the rest of the Old Testament. Anyone else? Is that just me? Thank you. Honest. I love it. Okay. And so uh, the whole uh, law, the whole commandments can be summed up with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. So uh, Jesus is saying, if you do this, you'll inherit eternal life. Um, now, uh, I just want to pause because uh, if you're like me, um, I gravitate towards kind of showing my love um, by and large, with uh, emotion, and, and I think a lot. I'm an emotional thinker. I don't think I, I, I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, you know, don't be hating, don't be judging. Okay, so uh, I'm emo- so my, my I love the Lord God with my heart. Like my affections get stirred up for Him. What He's what He's done on the cross. I go, man, that is amazing. So that's kind of where my heart goes. Uh, and then my mind. Uh, I, I like to think through meaty passages of Scripture. Figure out what what that's all about. Uh, what um, uh, you know? What what does the Trinity mean? Like what what is that? Like what is what is uh, the doctrine of election mean like what is so that's that's where I go I'm an emotional thinker the problem with me just being one of those two things is because I then lack loving the God with all my strength ability because I get lazy at times most of the time um, that's me and then uh, with my soul my consciousness like everything that I'm thinking about does it go back to thinking about uh, Jesus thinking about God loving God with my mind my, my consciousness in that um, and the reason that Jesus says yes to this command is that every single part of our being, that's what he, he just wants the entire self loves to love God. Okay, it's, it, we don't get to pick and choose in this. Okay, like, like I, I, I don't get to go, nah, you got my heart, don't, don't take my strength. No, 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 Jesus is saying, no, no, you give, you give, every, you give the entire thing to God. That's, how, that, that's the first step, loving God uh, with all of your entire being. And the second step, he goes, and love your neighbor as yourself. So uh, I just want to ask the question. I, you don't have to answer. You don't have to call it out. What, what are you more prone to loving God with? Um, by and large, I've met a lot of people that uh, kind of pendulum swing between the mind and the heart. Like they kind of are all emotional and like fairy and airy fairy. Like, God, I love, like take everything that I am. Like this is, you are amazing. My affections are stirred for you. And when you ask them about doctrines of scripture, they go, uh, I think this. Okay, that's great. Where did you get that from? Uh, 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 Holy Spirit told me. I'm like, okay, yeah, he, he does that. He reveals stuff to us in Scripture. But did you go to the Scriptures to us? No, no, no. I just, I just thought that. Oh, okay. And then by and large, you go the other, other way. People predominantly who love God with their mind. <laughs> Man, I met some. Oh, the amount of guys I meet that know stuff about the Bible but look like it hasn't done anything in their lives. Like what? Like, what, you read the stuff in here, you're like, surely that can change something. Like, smile, come on, like, just, just give me something. Stop just sitting behind a, a keyboard and, and being on Facebook and just insulting everyone that doesn't think the way that you think. Like, that's, by and large, we are prone to love God, but we neglect other ways of loving God at the same time. That's where our heart goes. We can't fully love Him as we should with everything that we are. So the question can be asked, like, what, what are you prone towards loving Him? And you don't have to give an answer. We're going to... We're going to get to that. Um, and the second, second part is love uh, your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus says to the lawyer who says these two things, got it, nailed it, do it. Roll along. Uh, but the lawyer obviously is not satisfied with that answer uh, because we'll read uh, the next verse. 
But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Okay, so Luke says, desiring to justify himself. I'm imagining like uh, uh, the lawyer asked Jesus this question as he's like helping out like, like someone kind of starving that he likes. Like, Jesus, who's, who's my neighbor? Oh, hold on, Jesus. Like, oh, Bob, what's that? You need cash. Oh, take, take double what you need. I love you, dude. Just, just go. What was that, Jesus? Who, who's my neighbor? Uh, just, uh, just, just tell me. Is that, like, I, I'm doing it, right? Like I'm nailing this thing, surely. And then Jesus responds with uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Verse 30. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side as well, too. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, The road to Jericho, who's seen Finding Nemo? It's a classic, surely. Anyone? Okay, who's not seen it? Good, all right, happy day. So you know that part in Finding Nemo when you get to the the trench? Uh, There's this dark trench and the big, like, silver-talking fish is like, Dory, go through the trench. Uh, And she's like, okay, I'll go through the trench. I'll go through the trench. And then she gets to the trench, she's like, whoa. And all, like, the memory just, just go on, like, she's like, ah, that's a sweet trench. And Marlon's just like, no, no, don't don't go through that. That looks dodgy, dude. (laughs) No, I'm out. Like, I, ain't, I ain't going down there. Okay. Uh, and then they go over the top and they get zapped by like uh, jellyfish. That's the word. Uh, imagine, bear with me. Like, this is, you're going to get blown right now. Imagine all the jellyfish inside the trench. That's what the road in Jericho is like. Scary? Anyone? No, just me? Like, <laughs> uh, I thought I'll come up with a better analogy next time. All right. Um, so uh, in this trench, there are places to uh, hide. You can't really uh, see what's going to come out at you. There are uh, caves and crevices. And the same with the road down to Jericho. Uh, robbers and bandits always seem to, to hide in places they couldn't be seen. And when they saw someone traveling on their own, they bust out of their caves, beat the mess out of the person that was there who was vulnerable, rob them, strip them naked, and leave, and leave them for dead. Uh, half dead, uh, they leave him like dying. Like if no one comes to his aid, he's gone. So uh, I think the two people that come along, the priest and the Levite, first reading, we think jerks, straight? Like, anyone just go, what, like, surely you, you just see that guy and be like, hey, dude, like, do you, just anything, like, throw him a buck or two, like, like something, like, just, just do something to help this guy out. And, and uh, I, need to, I need to share with you guys what, um, what's going on there for both of them. So the priest works in the temple of God. Uh, in the Holy of Holies, he goes in uh, once a year. Uh, he, he ministers to the people. He has to be blameless and, and holy in that place, right? So if he touches anything that is unclean, he has to go purify himself and purify the guy uh, that he's taking with him to the temple. So the, the way it looks like is this. Um, someone's half dead on the road. Priest, he's galloping by. The guy's rich, so he's probably got a horse, right? Galloping by, sees someone dead. Looks like he's dead. Beaten half to, I can't imagine the guy would be overly energetic. So you can assume he's dead, right? Uh, looks at this guy and goes, okay, for me to make myself clean again, I've got to sit for seven days outside uh, the temple of God. I've got to sit there. After sitting there for seven days while uh, I, I uh, purified myself, I've got to get a red heifer. Now, a red heifer is a bull in its prime, right? Completely red. If there was any hair on this bull that was not red, it wasn't uh, adequate for the sacrifice of, of cleansing this man and his sin. So because they were rare, they'd cost a bomb. I don't know how much they cost, 
that all the commentaries say uh, you could you could buy kind of like like dodgy bulls and they were like you know not not that expensive but then like a red heifer they're, they're kind of like the uh, the Mewtwo of, of Pokemon uh, they're like the, the they don't know where they are no 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 Pokemon fans okay, I'm sorry uh, they're kind of like uh, uh, the the jewels at the bottom of the ocean like you can't really find them when you find them they're so valuable and so the priest looks at the guy on the side of the road and goes oh, man my w- my travel time's going to be extended by a week. Like, guys, you know that text that you get from your wife? Where are you? And he's like, 10 minutes, babe. I'll be there in 10. You're like, you know you can push that only so far, right? <laughs> like, I get that text, I'm like, I'll be there in 10. And she's like, okay, that means 15. Like, I'm pushing an extra five, right? I can't, like, you can't push 10 minutes, seven days. <laughs> like, what's going to happen when I get home and open the door? It's like, like well, I don't even know what excuse I'd come up with, but, baby, I know I was coming straight home. Um, but... Aliens. Pick me up, zap me off. It's just been a crazy week. How's your week been? Like, like there's no excuse you could possibly give to justify seven days out. And so the priest, knowing what's ahead, sees the gun side of the road and he passes by. Hey, I'd, I'd do the same. I would do the same. So to the Levite. Uh, the trajectory down to Jericho. Uh, you always said you went up to Jerusalem. Regardless if you were north or south, which, which uh, Jerusalem is on a uh, 2,500 uh, foot uh, mountain, and then Jericho is minus 400 feet below sea level, right? So you have this, just, this huge kind of climb. So the Levite obviously may have seen what was going on ahead of him, uh, and the Levite was a servant to the priest, and he's like, okay, so my, my boss just, just side-skirted, like, all right, me too. So hear me. The Levite and the priest, their religion and their reading of how to work out that religion render them incapable of showing this man any compassion. These religious laws that they follow, they see a man in need and they go, you know, I've got to keep these laws, man. I can't, I can't help. So they pass on the other side. But then the question then remains, who, okay, so who's going to help this guy? Who's going to help him? Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay. I will repay you when I come back. Okay, I'm going to stop there. So, so uh, how do you describe a Samaritan? There's no real cultural equivalent. The only thing I could come up with was uh, imagine how a Jew would be treated uh, uh, in like 1940 if they married uh, a Nazi general. Like that's the only equivalent I can kind of come up with. Like marrying the, the ones that would oppress uh, their, their nation, like that would uh, cause her uh, to be rejected by her community, um, to be kind of cast out. Uh, and you can read about it in 2 Kings 17. So uh, what the Samaritans were, uh, the northern kingdom of Israel slaughtered by Assyria, and the king of Assyria said, okay, I need to fill this space, so get all the captives I have, plonk them there, and uh, they'll, they'll be fine, just let, just let them go. Uh, 
And then I love the story because God just raises up lions to kill them fools uh, because they're worshiping the wrong gods. Like, uh, like God is just like ridiculous. Who comes up with lions? Like, what? Like, what is that? Like, if I have an adversary, I'm like, get the lions, guys! Like, like man, phenomenal. I love it. Anyway, uh, so uh, lions come out, start uh, killing all these people worshiping other false gods, and, and, and the king of Assyria hears this. Okay, send send one of the Israelites back. Um, just teach me about God. Go teach. So the Israelite comes back, teaches the law of God. And the Samaritans worship both Yahweh and their own gods. And so there's this, throughout the ages, this worshiping both Yahweh and, and, and false gods. And so uh, they're hated by the Jews because they think they've compromised everything. They think they slandered the king of glory, Yahweh, in his name. And so they hate the Samaritans. And so for the lawyer to hear this, he go, here's the enemy in this story. Like he's, he's like the, uh, the, the typical pagan. Like surely he's not the guy to help this man. And the Samaritan rocks up, uh, takes uh, obviously what he was uh, wearing, bounds up his wounds, pours oil on the wounds to soothe the pain, puts, oil, uh, puts wine sorry, on them to, to disinfect uh, the, uh, the open uh, wound, takes him, puts him on his animal, p- p- uh, probably his, his donkey, and it's assumed that he walks with the animal to the inn. And he sta- get this, he stays with him for the night. He doesn't just throw money and be like, take care of this dude, like, uh, like I'm out. No, no, he, st- he stays with the man for the night and then he sets up a running tab. Two days wages. So, okay, just take this. Whatever, whatever more he's going to cost you, I'll come back, I'll, I'll settle the debt. So hear me. The key word in this passage is found in verse 33. He had compassion. the thing about compassion is that it's impossible when all you think about is yourself yeah like like the priest and the levite like they're not thinking oh this dude's messed up like i gotta help him no no they're thinking if i help this guy i'm gonna break all these rules and then i'll be unclean so for my sake i'll side skirt and the samaritan knows the law no. So, so the Levite and the priest, they pin God's law against God's law and they try and justify not helping this man. And Samaritan goes, no, no, there are things in the law that say I can help this guy. I can, if, if he's dead, I am permitted by the law. If he is a, a family member, I, I'm, I'm allowed to. So at least I can go near him. And then uh, you've got in uh, Deuteronomy uh, 19, you've got uh, help the alien and the sojourner in your lands. Treat them as you would yourself. When you pin parts of God's, war, God's word, God's law, the Holy Scripture, when you pin them against other parts of the Scriptures, you do not walk in what God would have for you. It's all or nothing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You don't then get to justify not loving your neighbor because you love God. It doesn't work that way. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You, you do both. It's not an either-or with, with this. So the, the priest and the Levite, what their issue is, is that they get to choose who they love and who they... Sorry, the lawyer. What the lawyer's issue uh, is is that he gets to choose who he does and who he does not love. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's, it's not about who you do or don't love. That's not why the commandment was given. And he, and he flips it. He flips it in the next, uh, in the next verse where he um, asks the question. Verse 36. Jesus said... 
Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And if you, if you just want to look at how much Jews hated Samaritans, the next verse just says that he said, the one who showed him mercy. If you want to like, just show your hate for them, just, just deprive them of any sort of race. Just that, that thing did. Man, that root of bitterness was so deep. And so Jesus rewords the question. You know, the, the initial question was, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus says, okay, who's the neighbor to the man on the side of the road? So, so, he, so he says, no, no, you don't look to who is and who isn't your neighbor. You say, who can I be a neighbor to? Like, who do I get to be a neighbor of? It's not like, who can I justify not helping by loving others? No, 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 it's not it. Who do you see and hear those in need of compassion? And you respond with, hey, I'm going to help you out, man. And help, like, sure, like there are other people. Okay, but it's not about them. It's about you needing help, and I'm going to help you. You don't get to pick and choose who you love to inherit eternal life. You love the God, Lord God, with you all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and others as yourself. Now, is anyone feeling like a bit uh, failed? Like, any, like anyone thinking that? Uh, like I'm thinking that. Like I, I'm a thinker, right? Like I love thinking about the Word of God, and so when it comes to uh, helping others, I, I really struggle with that. Like. And I love God so much that he gave me the wife uh, that he did in Beck because she default helps people. Like, like she loves it. And like she's, where are you going with all that food, babe? Like, like leave it here. Like, I'm hungry. Like, what, what are you doing? It's like, no, 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 someone had the baby. I've got to give it to him. Like, Babies, man, they got the best life. Far out. Like, what? Like, that's, that's where my heart goes. But, but God, in his sovereignty, says, Steve, uh, you're going to be bent towards only loving me with your mind and your heart. And I'm going to give you a wife that shows you, no, 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 that's... You don't just do it with that. You do it the handwork of God. Like you love people as well. So for us, there's always going to be that tension of like, do I love God? Do I love others? We're always going to go either or. That's where our heart's going to gravitate to because we can't fully comprehend how to do both. Which leads to the next point because I don't believe Jesus gives this command assuming that they could do it. He says twice, do this and you will live. Verse 37, he said, the one who showed him mercy and Jesus said to him, go, you go and you do likewise. Go and do it. But if we read the rest of the scripture, we know that we can't achieve righteousness by the law. Like we can't do anything to, to earn any merit with God. Isaiah 46 will say, our righteous deeds are filthy rags to him. We can't do anything. So why, why does Jesus give this command? Like why does he say, go and do it? Please don't read this and assume that, it's, that you're able to. That's not the point. The point is, go and try and realize when you get to the end of yourself that you need someone better than you to do it for you. If you were to look at the Samaritan, the one that no one thought was any good and no one thought was any decent, uh, thought he was kind of scum, had compassion on the man, so too the man from Nazareth. When Nathaniel in, in 1 John 46, like Nazareth, like what good can come from there? And Jesus rocks up and he sees us. Let's, let's, let's go with the metaphor. He sees us on the side of the road, half dead, living a half life, doing, doing the rituals, doing the things. Like, like we enjoy creation, but we realize creation doesn't satisfy. Anyone had that experience? 
like going out, party, sex, drugs. We go, okay, it, it, it satisfies you for a bit, but then after that, it's just, you just feel empty again. Relationships, like this, if I only had this girl, this, this man, if I only got married, if I only had kids, like, and then you get to the point where, uh, oh, wait, they're, they're not loving me the way that I thought they would love me. Like, why don't you satisfy me the way I want you to satisfy me? We make gods of things that are not God. We will leave completely unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Jesus is saying, go and try in the hope that you'll get to the end of yourself and realize you need to come back and let me do it for you. Parable of the prodigal son, you know what the sweetest line in that is? It's not, it's not when the father runs out to collect the son. It's when the younger brother sitting in the slop with the pigs and the line is, and he came to his senses. Clicked. He got to the end of himself and realized, oh, I can't do this. He humbled himself and said, you know, I need help. I need to go back to my father. I need to go to him. And he's, already, he's got like the line in his head, all right, I'm just going to try and excuse my way, earn my favor back in. And the father comes running to him. God is far more concerned with showing you love and mercy than he is about you trying to earn your salvation, which, by the way, in the end, you can't actually do. So, the question then remains, okay, so how, like, how do I love God with everything that I am and how do I love others as myself? I've had um, the immense, immense blessing by God's grace to, to really look at um, the Trinity uh, this semester. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at Bible college, if you didn't know. Um, uh, so there's, oh man, I wish we wouldn't put the Trinity in the two hard boxes. Oh man, I wish we wouldn't. Because it's the God that we worship. We differ from Islam and Judaism because we wor- worship the God who is three in one like we just sung about. And when we think about it, um, how, how, if we're made in the image of God and God isn't three in one, how do we, lo- how do we have any personality? Have you ever wondered that? Let me read a quote by um, C.S. Lewis. All sorts of people are fond of repeating the Christian statement that God is love. But they seem not to notice that the words God is love have no real meaning unless God contains at least two persons. Love is something that one person has for another. If God was a single person, then before the world was made, he was not love. If God has no one to love, we were made so he could love. But we know that's not the case because God doesn't change. So God had to have someone to love. He had to have someone to, to glorify. He had to have someone to, to, to make much of. He had to have someone to, to serve. And he had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all of them in this intricate dance and said, I'm going to look out for the good of the other. And so when we receive Christ, we get grafted into the Trinity. We're found in Christ. We take part in the dance. How do we love others? Because we're getting made more and more like Christ every other day and Christ has always laid down his life. Now, this is blew my mind. Like, do you know the cross, like when Jesus lays his life down on the cross? Do you know that wasn't just something Christ did when he was alive? It's what he did for all eternity. It wasn't hard for him to do what he always did. And so we, as believers in Christ, get grafted into this. We love God. Because being in Christ, him imparting to us the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, 
we line up with how God works, how God functions. And we love God and we love others all because of what Christ has always been doing. So let's just go practical. Um, the lawyer wants to uh, go, uh, okay, there are some people I do want to love, some people I don't want to love. Um, can we just be honest? Like we, like, we have the same. Like, you know that person at church that you're just like, I hate that dude. <laughs> like, dear God, help me not to punch that brother in the face. Like that, like that kind of thing going on, right? Like we, we have that. Like that person that frustrates us. That person that doesn't work the way that we work. The person that, that has a different type of way of loving God. Maybe they love God with their strength and their ability more than they can with their, with their heart because that's not how they're wired. Maybe we choose to not love certain people. Like, I'm guilty of that. As we can tell, like, I'm kind of a pretty, like, you know, cans everywhere type of dude. Like, uh, like me and lists. What is a list? That, uh, like, lisp? Like, what, what are you telling? What are you trying to communicate to me? And so you have the guys that are all ordered and all structured, and I get so envious of those dudes. If you have the gift of admin, don't resent that. I love you. <laughs> I need you. Uh, and so the way that they, they work, the way that they function, like, is so different to me. And so I find it quite hard when they go, have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? Have you looked at that? It's like, no, I was looking at birds. Like, I don't, like what do you want? Like, what do you, what do you want me to do right now? Like, that's, and so hear me, like, me being a part of Christ and what he's doing lines me back up to empathize and have compassion where these people are coming from and to love them more. I just want to throw this one out there. I don't know. I was praying about this one too. Um, how do we treat our dads? Now, I ask that question uh, not, to, not to affirm um, that our dads aren't failures, right? A lot of the time they are because you grow up and you realise, oh, wait, my dad's actually a sinner. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Like, that's kind of how we, we get there and... And there, there are like serious neglect issues and abuse issues, and I, I get that, uh, right? My experience has been the majority of us don't have that experience. We don't have fathers that neglected us or, or, or hated us or, or abused us. But yeah, we blame them for everything. What if we just said, hey, like, I, it's hard to be a dad. Like, like I don't have kids, but... but God's seen so fit to, to bless me with a wife and a marriage and I'm like the head of that spiritual house so I've got to look after, I've got to point her to Jesus and that's hard. Like he's going to give me three more little people? Three, four, five, we're working on ten, but you know, we'll get there. Um, he's, he's going to give me more? Like, like, I'm anxious about that. Let us not believe the lie that somehow we can get to a place where we have it all together because we can't. What if we actually loved our dads? Oh, the glory God would get if we just had compassion for our fathers. Man. Phenomenal. So, what are we going to do here today? Because I started out, my goal is to get people to repent of where they're at now. Right? What, what do we have to drag into the light for God to just shine his light upon that and fry that sucker? Like, what... what do you now have, you know, like the Holy Spirit's just there, he just, he's just tapping on the door, right? He, like hello, this thing, right? You all, know, you all feel it now. This thing, bring it, for, bring it out, bring it, let me take care of you, let me love you, let me have mercy, let me show you my grace. So, so what is it? Are we prone to not love God with everything or are we prone to not love everyone? Because hear me, when you get grafted into the Trinity, oh man, life makes sense. Life is fulfilling. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God's saying to us, Steve, I'm going to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is phenomenal. That brings new life. So now we're going to move to a time of um, time of worship, time, time of time of prayer at the back. If you felt someone knocking, like just just you felt something uh, today, uh, please come up the back, and uh, Matt and Sally will be there, and I'll be there. We'll be, we'd love to pray for you. You don't have to articulate. Just just go. I just I just feel something. Like just just pray with me. I really encourage you to, to take up that that opportunity. Uh, at the same time, the band's going to be uh, come back up and playing for us. Um, and over here and here we have communion stations. So communion is remembering what Christ has done for us on our behalf, in our place. And He's given us all the joy in the world. So we ask that uh, as you feel led, uh, please come down and and take part of that. Uh, Oh, that we will be in awe in Christ today. Oh, that we would. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite the band back up here at the same time. Um, Let me pray for you. I just want to start with our our heads bowed and eyes closed. Um, I just want to pray for people as they feel led to uh, to show that they are in need of of prayer. Um, And so... uh, if, if you know for a fact that you're, you struggle with uh, loving God with everything, um, I just want you to, to raise your hand now, uh, and I just want to pray for you. Um, so okay, if you feel that way, if you feel convicted in that way, please. Thanks, sister. Thanks, sister. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let me pray for you. Uh, Father, we, um, we know that we, we struggle to love you with everything, uh, that we uh, are at times focused on us uh, and trying to impress either others or you. Uh, and God, we thank you when we, when we bring that to you. You respond with love. You respond with mercy. You respond with grace. Please fill us all with that this morning. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that raised their hands to that just now. And we thank you that they are uh, on the path of being made more like Jesus, uh, being more transformed by you, Holy Spirit, and you, God, ultimately, with all your grace and all your love for us. And God, we ask that you would uh, help us to know that you like us. You love us. You don't want some future version of us. You love us right now as we are, as we come to you. And God, we ask that you would help us by your Spirit. That was to love you with everything that we are. And now there would be others in you, uh, just eyes closed and heads bowed, that um, know there are, there are people either in this room or out in the world that we uh, haven't loved completely, uh, that we struggle to love. Uh, if that's you, can you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Thanks, sister. Thanks, sister. Thanks, girls. All right, hands down. Father, we um, yeah, loving others is, is hard. Um, it's so hard because we just want to think about us. We want to think about our good, our needs, our everything. Um, and God, we ask that you would help us to be humble. Now, help us to love those who are hard to love. Help us to, uh, to see where they need help, uh, where uh, uh, they uh, struggle uh, in other areas than us. And let us not come down hard on them. Let us go to them and say, I love you, man. I love you, sister. 
Help us to be compassionate, God. Change our hearts. We can't do outward things to change our heart. Holy Spirit, it's only you and you alone that can do that. We ask you to change our hearts this morning to love you more, to love others more. And Father, I just want to uplift everyone in this room. You know where they're at. You know what they're struggling with, where they're walking well with you, where they're not. And we ask that you would line up all of them entirely with how you love God, laying down your life for the good of others. Transform us to do the same. Father, I pray all these things for your glory and for our joy. Amen.